listening to Make It, a podcast by Banzai Creative that helps creatives in film get where they're going faster by sharing the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives across the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley, and with me today is my good friend and Make It podcast co-host, Nicholas Buzz. Chris here with another episode of the Make It Podcast, and this is an Indie Talk Week, and that means I have my good friend and co-founder, Nicholas Bugs, with me on this podcast. Nick, please say hello. I love it, man. I'm going to say hello, of course, because that's what I got to do, but, you know, you were just singing to me a second ago, man. It was great. I mean, I was like, you know, again, on this podcast, my friend, Nicholas Bugs, he's here. We're going to do it. It's fun. Let's make it happen. Yeah, it's like a type of podcast fry. Nah, there it's you a, go. It's, a, it's like a, you got to go up and up. up, and I'm going to make you excited by going up. And I felt up like and I felt up. that. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> everything I say. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of it's kind of how you do things. We'll get it get the energy right. We want to let the audience know what the energy is going to be. That's right. The thrust yeah. of this is going to be <laughs> for the. Uh, episode kind of like uh green goblin behind you is the, the thrust you, letting you know about his <laughs> thrust i see his giant crotch picture behind you yeah uh, i good, just don't good understand for him. i just don't good, understand good, like, good, you, good for you you're you're all in here now of course people who you know are listening can't see it but yes there Nick has a spider-man a... poster behind him <laughs> and it is focused on both spider-man and green green goblin's crotch yeah, that's and and I, think, and I don't know what it says about you. And I know, but that's the question, really: is the poster focused, or are you focused? I think that's the challenge. Here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is just a comic book cover, man. You just you're all in. It's like you, you can't take your eyes off of it. You know, you know, a, a smart person, a, a wise person once told me two things can be true. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you own this poster. <laughs> <laughs> I am noticing not that Spider-Man is in full karate mode, but that their crotches are uh, in full wide, view. right? Full view, open. By the way, we'd be uh, remiss if we didn't say a happy new year. On your case, Nick, Merry New Year. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And we really had some deep ambition and intention to have an indie talk before 2021 concluded. And yet the reality and the truth is that both Nick and I and several team members of Bonsai were all snapped by Omicron. That's right. And we are, so if you hear us cough throughout this episode because we're making each other laugh or something like that, it's because we are getting over the Omicron. I just took two Z-Pack pills, some abuterol, if that's how you pronounce it. I'm sure it's not. And um, what else did I take, Nick? I took, um, oh, Flonase. So oh, you did take the Flonase? I've got so much stuff in me right now. God, it's a, I, I, there's much better language to use than that. I've, got, <laughs> I've taken medicine. Yep. 
I'm feeling good from an energy standpoint. I may not sound great, Nick, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I don't yeah, know about I'm you. Are, are you on stuff? Um, at the moment, you know, I will say earlier, I did the albuterol. Um, but, you know, I, I thought about the Flonase, but ran out of the Flonase. I need to go get more. Uh, but I am on tons of tea, man. Just lemon, honey, tea. That's it. Just drinking that like crazy. Look, right here. Uh, yeah, man. I that's, broke coat just, right here. Just ready finished to go. mine. And it's a challenge. I know that this episode, like I'm already trying to like woosah a little bit to prepare myself for this episode because you know how we do. We have a good time. We make each other laugh. And laughing is, you know, it's, it's terrible when you got, you know, Omicron <laughs> going through your lungs and stuff, man. It's just... <clears throat> you know, it just it gets yeah. you. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So, but yeah, you put it out there. Our listeners know what's up. You know, our bad if it happens, but we're gonna push through this and and make it happen because it's all good in twenty two. So you know, that's right. Out I, on a good I, foot. Yeah, I haven't had any trouble adjusting to twenty two either. Um, normally every year there'll be the first week or two where you have that gaff where you write down the wrong year or you say the wrong year or you go to the wrong year on your calendar, on your phone or whatever. Not this year. You say the wrong name. Yeah. Yeah. This, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this year it's just been, or you say the wrong name. Uh, you, it's just been 22, 2020. The biggest problem has been saying 2022. It's a, it's a, it's a mouthful for me because I guess my teeth and tongue, but 2022 uh, is I'm practicing just slowing down. 2022. And before uh, we jump into the topic today, which is interesting, we have a variety of kind of things we want to touch on that sort of pertain to the future for filmmakers. Uh, we will do a, a wrap up of 2021, hopefully in the next couple of days. We will have uh, a special indie talk, I believe, for folks in the next few days and tons of announcements to come in the next 30 to 45 days. So stick with us. We really appreciate you. We love you for listening. And, <laughs> and there it goes. I just broke up right there. Yep. We got uh, you. We, we, we love you for listening and sticking with us, supporting this. And um, we, we're not going to let you down. We're going to give you a lot of good stuff. So today we want to talk about maybe redress what or readdress what filmmakers want. What do you really want? And we've talked about this before. We're going to bring a new twist to it today. But we've talked about it before in terms of how this podcast got started. Many years ago, we, we asked a singular question to filmmakers. What does it mean to make it? And that's how we got the namesake for the podcast, Make It. We took it from that question, what does it mean to make it? And invariably... The answer came back 80% or higher. I just want to make money doing the thing I love. Well, as we hopped in, became angel investors and equity investors and different filmmakers, as we started to get into a variety of different experiences with a variety of different creatives, we found that that number shouldn't have been that high. It's not that it should be zero. It's not that it should be 10%. Not, it's not that like 90% of the people were lying to us. But the number's probably lower. It's probably closer to a coin flip, Nick. And maybe you could give your thoughts on what that percentage really is. But we think filmmakers might want something more than just to pay their bills doing what they love, right? Yeah, and I kind of wonder, you know, if it changes over time as well. But, you know, so there's the one that you just mentioned, which is 
you know, making a living, doing what you love. The other side is being a flipping celebrity, right? Being yeah. film famous, being Hollywood. And I think that's what a lot of folks really want. So when we came into the game, you know, we're really thinking, you know, what they were telling us, right? We're asking a question and we're expecting the truth. So we're trying to help them where they are, right? To make a living doing what they love. You're, you're an indie creative. You want to be the best at what it is you're doing. Mm-hmm. But then as we start getting into it, you know, helping people out, having conversations, trying to help in some cases where people are like, uh, I don't really want to do it that way. We're like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what you're saying is you don't want to be successful doing what it is you're doing. You just want someone to see this work of yours and think it's the best thing and then get you on the next Avengers movie. Like, wait a second. Like, what are, what are we trying to do here? So the reason why it's like a big topic for me going into 2022 is I think that there's still this community out there that, you know, we want to be a part of but not just be a part of it, but we want to help. We want to change the game for them. That's the right. whole point of yeah. this. So what are we changing the game for, right? Are we helping them change the game to be successful at what they do? Or do we need to dig into the trove and start talking to some folks about how to get into the, you know, the, the high castle, you yeah. know, how to yeah. find that way into Hollywood so that they can make it there. Like, yeah. what is it that folks really want? And I, that's, Right now, I'm really wondering. And then, like I said, maybe there's maybe there's a time on this. Maybe 10 years in as an independent filmmaker, you want to make um, uh, you want to make a living doing what you love. And then after 10 years, maybe you have your eyes set on the prize. So maybe it's 10 years I got a college or whatever. You're just, hey, I just want to be the best at whatever I'm doing. And then you're like, no, I want celebrity. And maybe you go after that for 10 years and then that doesn't work out. And then it goes back to, I just want to make a living doing what, I don't know. You know, maybe that's, I'm not sure. But the whole thing is, is that we want to be of service because we have connections to industry. We have connections to independent filmmakers. You know, there's just people all all across. We have, um, you know, connections to and our investors. We can provide advice. We can get access to advice. We can do all these things but we want to make sure that we're doing it for the right reasons. And maybe it's a 50, 50, you know, maybe that's what it comes down to. In some people, their heart of hearts, they just want to be a creative, get their voice out there in the world. And you know what, if someone sees them and, you know, grabs them and brings them along to a Hollywood flick, then, Hey, so be it. But I think maybe there's another 50% that are just like, no, <laughs> I, I think my next work is the work that's going to get me seen and is going to get me pulled up. And that's ultimately what I want. But like I said, I think there's an entirely different track to getting there than what they believe. In, in defense of the creative and maybe to explain the phenomenon that you're talking about, there are three factors at play that I think direct the next move for an independent filmmaker in terms of what they really want. And the first one is temperament. That's sort of the nuanced silent one that's behind the curtain that is happening to you through you that you don't even recognize. For example, someone who's a born journalist is someone very similar to the person you're describing that just wants to, sort of make money doing the thing they love. 
And a journalist perpetually sort of wants to be behind the scene, but be the person that is pulling the strings. And that's a journalistic personality. That personality says, ooh, I'm really powerful and nobody knows it. And I love it. I love that I'm the puppet master. I'm the one making things happen. I'm creating the news. I'm the source. I'm the whatever. And those personalities might not exist to the degree that we thought they did in independent film. Because if you're a creator, you know, the other thing that happens too as an artist is you need and, and want to be listened to. And you need and want to be heard. Um, you make the stuff for you, but not for you to, to listen to or consume or watch over and over and over again, depending on what your art is, right? So you make the painting as an end unto itself, for example, if you're a painter, but, but you do want other people to see it. You know, I think the general public says, well, but now you need to go sell it to pay your rent. No, you, you know, we're going to sell it. Yeah. But the point is, is where does it hang? <clears throat> Far more important to an artist than what did I sell it for? Where and does one it can precede the other, right? Right. That's where, the idea. Exactly. Where does it hang? <laughs> the, the, the third factor is how to measure success. And I don't think in America where we're supposed to have laissez-faire capitalism, we clearly have crony capitalism. So, um, but where we're supposed to have that type of system, we need, we, we tend to want key performance indicators, KPIs. We tend to want some sort of metric around how we are doing. And that's in every field. Mm -hmm. So if you're an indie filmmaker that was working on $500,000 films in 2021, you want to be an indie filmmaker that's working on million to 2 million films in 22. And then you want to be a studio filmmaker in 2023, making 20 to $40 million films. That's kind of like your thought, your natural career progression. Like, okay, if I'm still making indie films for $500,000 in 20 years, I've failed. Whereas me and you would know better. We know that, dude, you've been making, or do that, you've been making films for 20 years and you're able to make a film a year for 20. That's unbelievable. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you are the truth. You are what everybody should look to. Yeah. I have um, been a subscriber to Bomb Magazine, B-O-M-B, out of New York for the last five years. It is chock full of these artists who walk the walk and talk the talk every day. Some of them have a lot of money. Some of them have just enough money. But these are your future Basquiat's. Yeah, they truly, they truly are. These are your these are your next Frank Oceans. This is this is this is where your 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 next Aronofsky is is working on their craft right as we speak. So, I think we have to take into consideration Nick those three factors, and then maybe say, here's how you handle your temperament. You know, here's how uh, you should actually be measuring yourself. And, you know, here's how you should handle, you know, in an era of digital media, your need for everyone to see your work. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, you're, you're spot on with, you know, many of those. And, you know, one of the ones you talk about is just, you know, what are the KPIs? 
Yeah, and yeah, one yeah. of those I'm just going to mention, you know, KPIs and another way of saying it, if you will, is like, who are the tastemakers really, right? Yeah, KPIs yeah. can be things that you sell, you know, it could be dollars, amount, that kind of thing. But to me, I think, especially for well, for film, it's about the tastemakers. And, you know, we talk about, you know, let's say you're going to make a film and I say, well, okay, what's the plan? Well, we're going to send it to the Okie Doke Film Festival. I'm like, what is that? Oh, it started last year. I'm like, what? Why are you sending it there? Like, what is, you know, I mean, oh, because blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, wait, wait, wait. Because you got friends there or you went on a mission trip there at some point. Like, no, like that's, it's the tastemakers, right? Yeah. And you don't have to sell. Like you said, it, it's not about how much it's sold for. It's just where it hangs, right? So mm-hmm. you hanging it at Okie Doke is not going to do it for you right and it may not be this film that sells it's like you know looking at you know squid game you know since that was one of the big ones of this past year you know what i always do with all these things and this is this is something that we could probably visit in uh, 2022 kind of my inside baseball man i'm never you know starstruck you know they look at these folks squid game writer director blah 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 i'm like man where was this dude where'd he come from like let's go back into his imdb history a little bit Let's research right? this. How, How did he get here? Yeah. Exactly. Let's all look at all these short films that were done. Where did they show? Who were they sponsored by? Who did he engage? What friends was he making along the way? They got him to the next thing and the next thing. They got him to sell that to Netflix three, four years ago or 10 years ago, I think it was. And then they finally brought it out. They're like, there's, there's no overnight success in this, right? But where did he hang that first picture? Yeah. Right. Where did he hang that second one? And that's the thing. It's like, are you actually out there where the tastemakers are? And are you using that as one of your KPIs? Right. Because to me, I mean, if you could get it at one of these larger festivals or even screened it somewhere that is significant, that might be infinitely. I'm not going to say 10x. I'm going to say 100 infinitely better than getting it on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Which seems sure. to be the KPI, right? These days, everybody's like, oh, I got distribution. You, you did, you know, or you were, you distributed. Well, I, I think it's, I think it's the backslide KPI. It's the, it's the KPI. No, we, we don't dare mention <laughs> because, because the, the reality is, is that I think every filmmaker knows that that was plan B. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to save face for their investors, their equity investors. They're trying to put on a good face for them. And then they're also trying to put on a good face for their peers because they want to be able to make a second film and they want to have pride in the anguish it is to, to make an indie film. Like it's um, our friend, uh, Nick uh, Frangioni describes it as you, you plan for climbing Kilimanjaro or whatever, like you get to the summit, but, th- but you never plan for having to come back down. So you're breathing all the beautiful air up there. You're seeing the sights. And then it just dawns on you that you have to go back down without dying. You're like, crap, I did not plan for that at all. Which is really what explains the phenomenon of being very precious during the pitch project when you're trying to raise capital. Like, this is our baby. We've been working on this for three years. And then at the end of the film, you, like, give your baby to anybody. Please take my baby. (laughs) Right, please. Please. (laughs) Please, please take the baby off my hands. Yeah. I can't do it anymore. But you, you said something interesting too about um, 
tastemaking. And it's, it's really interesting. It's a nut sort of we need to crack, I think, in one of our three tiers. And by the way, quick aside, you mentioned we want to help. That's absolutely true. Of course, we want to help. We want to make things better for independent filmmakers. I'm not sure everybody knows how we help. So again, we work in these three tiers of service. One is being executive producers. And so we invest in film. We actually have a a fund you can donate your money to if you're a high net worth individual, uh, an accredited investor, and uh, or, or a person who just wants to donate to the arts. You can actually put those dollars into our fund and we will find a qualifying screenplay to invest it into or put it into or give it away uh, to those artists. So I didn't know if you knew that. Uh, maybe uh, we can give that link to Elise and she can throw it in a show note or something like that, Nick. So that's the investment side. Then we do branding and marketing. Even filmmakers that live in LA understand the Hollywood machine. They talk to us all the time and they say, my plan up front was to do a theatrical run and then go to streaming. And, and Nick and I will say, well, what happened because it didn't make it to theatrical. It went to Amazon prime. And they're like, we just didn't know uh, what we didn't know in development or in pre-pro. And then we'll say, well, wait a second. What was your branding and marketing? Oh, that was a big mistake too. Uh, we didn't even know to do that. And, and now, and, and then we realized, well, that's the real answer. The real answer. Sure. Maybe things could have happened differently in a different area, but the reality is, is that filmmakers across the world still haven't gotten the message that no one's going to watch your movie if no one knows what your movie's about. And just had this conversation three days ago, Nick, swear to God, with a filmmaker where I said, yes, everything can be awesome, but you have to have your business part done before principal photography. You have to do it. Uh, and he was driving in his car or whatever. And I'm like, listen, man, you, you keep skipping over this. This I'm going to take you back. You have to have your business and financial structure done so that the movie is prepared to succeed before you shoot. And that's the difference between a profitable movie and one that doesn't make a profit. Yeah, and but then, I can, I can jump in on that one, one before, you, before you get to the next, yeah. the, the, the last one for us. That's the challenge, right? That you and I have been <laughs> facing for, I feel like it's four years now. Yeah. And this is why I asked the question in the beginning about what do you want to be? Right. Yeah. It's, it seems simple, right? Have your business plan straight. Understand that what you're doing is a business. Yeah. Understand that you want to make this thing as profitable as possible. So do the things that a business would do to try to make that thing profitable, but they don't want to, they refuse to. Yeah. It's, it's, it, refu- it, it, I mean, it, it, it disrupts what they know. It reminds me of coming out of college and being a Mac guy back when before Mac had massive market share and having all these like .NET folks like be super defensive against anything Apple because their whole career was based on the fact that they learned how to do databasing and, and SQL and everything in Microsoft tools. They had their whole certification in Microsoft. Mm-hmm. So anything outside of that was, was like, fuck that. And I feel that way, like with filmmakers sometimes too, and producers where it's like, 
I'm not going to be good at that. I cannot show this team that I'm not going to be good at that. So therefore, we're going to uh, ignore that advice. Thank you for your thoughts and prayers. Uh, we're going to ignore that advice and keep moving forward with the plan that uh, so-and-so did, you know, 10 years ago. And it's like, exactly. Oh, but oh, that's gosh. the thing is that they're not leveraging a business model, right? Yeah. They're leveraging this idea, this, this unicorn thing, right? Like you said, this film did it 10 years ago and it blew up and it was indie film. That's not a model for your business. That's not. Yeah. So that's the thing is that they're not. And that's what I'm saying. Again, there's a there's a 50-50. We're not, this is not all filmmakers, um, but I do believe that so many of them are literally looking for someone to find them and pick them up out of where they are and take them to the promised land based out of off that one film. So that's the thing. The film itself doesn't need to be financially successful in their minds. It doesn't need all this branding and marketing. It just needs to be made in their image. And once someone sees that thing, game over, right? Yeah. And that's what's your business? What's your that. business plan, Blair Witch? <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> oh, okay. So, so, so that leads that leads me to branding and marketing, though, Nick. Which is like, yep. perhaps you can't execute on everything, but you certainly need the strategy. And that's the sort of the second thing that we do. Like, we'll, we'll sit down with filmmakers. We'll do four month, we two month, four month, six month engagements. We'll do forever engagements with you as well, where we can put together a strategy and say, let's execute these. If, you know, if we can execute 80% of these things, you know, we like your chances here of getting what you wanted at the beginning during development when you set out your goals. Hey, your goal could be theatrical. Your goal could be micro theater, right? So like 20 theaters. Uh, your goal could be uh, sell to Netflix. Your goal could be make $1 million, whatever your goal is. You need to develop a marketing and branding plan that supports the weight of the goal that you have. And the bigger the goal, the, the more uh, uh, sort of support and bearing that branding and marketing plan really needs. And the spend is going to go with it, but it's going to pay off dividends at the end when you're not scrambling to figure out how to get eyeballs on your movie and, and garner interest while it's in post and you, and you can't leverage anything. So in the third area is thought leadership for those that know uh, or don't know, I should say. And that's kind of what we're doing now. That's what this podcast yep. is, <laughs> but we do it in a variety of ways. We do panel talks. We'll, we'll be jurors on, on at film festivals, panel uh, contributors on film festivals and conferences uh, the you know, make it podcast, of course, um, keynote speeches, and 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 a forthcoming book, and we just want to continue to build upon the thought leadership, so that it isn't such a foreign concept for independent filmmakers. When you really look at the you know concept for independent filmmakers to to brand to do branding and marketing, or to have that business plan together, or have like honest comps, for example, or learn how to get equity investment, or treat their angels, or etc. We want it to be common. When I zoom out and look at sort of the macro world of the independent film space, Nick, there really aren't a lot of voices. There really aren't a lot of voices. There are a lot of film voices, but they're supporting an industry that's already well supported. When it comes down to indie voices, there's like a small basket of credible voices, yep. like globally, like maybe a hundred. That's small in a world of 8 billion people going into an economy where everybody's supposed to be a creator. 
Like, I think what we're doing is important and I hope those listening feel the same way. So anyway, quick aside on why Bonsai wants to help and what we do, three areas, executive producing, branding and marketing, and uh, thought leadership. Um, you mentioned Tastemaker. I want to go back to that. Yep. NFTs, and I know everybody wants to vomit because they hear that too much. <laughs> NFTs are a great example of how a tastemaker can alter evaluation. Not evaluation, but a valuation of mm -hmm. a particular piece of content. And it would be interesting for us or someone else or some filmmaker to figure out how to get a bunch of people in a room that say, do you believe in this? Yeah, I believe in this. Okay, do you believe in this? Yeah, I believe in that. And then what happens is, is value is created around it. That's literally sort of what drives uh, the US dollar, for example, in the early days, or an NFT, or an auction piece at Sotheby's, like, or Sotheby's. Uh, that's, it, it's about Nick being rich and saying, I think this is the best art I've seen in a year. And then me feeling a certain way because I like and follow Nick and saying, well, if he likes it, I'd be a fool not to like it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm going to outbid him. And then Nick saying, who the hell is this guy? And then a third person noticing that. And then all of a sudden you have a bidding war. Well, it happens in Hollywood all the time, but it happens through, through masterful agents and publicists. They put out a thing, they're able to create a buzz and the FOMO kicks in. It's, it's also how films get invested in on the indie mm -hmm. scale. Like a really smart investor is first in. And then all of a sudden the other investors are like, I don't want to, I don't want to miss out on this. If they invested, it's probably safe. I'll throw my money in. There's an investor in town here, Kelly Frey. That's like that. If Kelly invests in it, there are other little investors that will come around and say, well, we better throw our money in too. Right. Like, because, you know, he can't be wrong. Yeah, of course, he can maker. be wrong. Right. But he's a tastemaker. Right. He's a tastemaker. In, in many yeah. ways in, in the area. I mean, that's especially what he's done for film and his engagement with independent filmmakers. And he's got a lot of, you know, a lot of people trust him, you know? So again, yeah. it's, it's that. It's just, yes, he has some money. And yeah. Kelly Frey is doing some big things uh, for the state of Tennessee as we speak. Um, but he has a tr very trusted brand, you know, yeah. um, in that Southeast region or that Southern region. And I think that that's, like you said, as a tastemaker, other people will jump on because they trust that he knows what he's doing. Right. Exactly. So like, why, why is a JPEG of a bored ape worth what it's worth? It's because these different tastemakers that people trust and respect keep getting on podcasts and getting on Twitter and they're basically buying from one another, knowing they all have the liquidity liquidity necessary to buy from one another, right? And then what happens is, is a couple of hundred outsiders get involved. And then they're now they're part of the club. And they're mm -hmm. buying at a rate that is 4x, 5x, 6x, up, you know, 10x what the original ape cost. And then they become what we, what Nick, me and you call the bag holder. Yeah, right. <laughs> or I guess like, it's like a known thing, but yeah, yeah, they're the bag holder. And then they're trying 
to throw their ape on the market for a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars, and they can't find anybody to buy them. Yep, because the sale happened before at fifty thousand. Right. Yep. Or at forty thousand. So they'll take that sale at forty because they're selling ten thousand of them. Right. Delicious. Yum yum. Yeah. Of course. All you had to have was a, a small handful. A small handful. And maybe of even one, makers. but of, of tastemakers. Yep. Yep. About 30. About 30 yeah. people selling against each other, creating a stir, talking about it on their platforms. And then you get the outsiders come in to be the bag holder. Uh, and, and look, if it's not a grift, great. Uh, it'll be up to those original creators to c- continue to pour value into the Board Aid Club by making TV shows, films, albums, et cetera like they plan on doing so that it's not a, a pure bag holder uh, pump and dump scheme uh, that happens across a variety of asset classes, honestly. Right. So, and which, will con- which will happen and has happened and yeah. is happening with NFTs as well. But yeah. Yeah. NFTs, crypto, a bunch of, you know, it's like some are in it and they're really in it. Like those cryptos that like have a utility that actually do something yeah. like Ethereum, for example, and, the you know 2.0 that's coming around the corner, uh, Bitcoin, which is digital gold and, and has a limit, a cap to it. But, you know, there are other coins that don't do anything and have no cap. And it's like, it's literally a, a, a pump and dump cycle over and over, even, even if the coin isn't worth much. So, you know, if, if you buy Dogecoin at five cents and it runs to 35 cents, you made a ton of money. If you bought it at volume, that's right. still pump and dump, even if it's five cents to 35 cents. So the question comes back to film. How do we take an indie film asset, pump it? And to me, it sounds like, and I guess the dump would, would be when viewers watch it or purchase it off of a streamer or, on a th- or in a theater or wherever they can watch it. It feels like what you need is a growth hack strategy where you're able to use whatever leverage you have to bring in a notable celebrity that's adjacent to the film topic, right, Nick? Like whatever the film's about. Right. And that's, like you said, you know, so celebrity, you know. Not, not to be I, in I the film, to, Nick, but to promote the film. Or I know, and, and I hate to use pitch. the term. Yeah, and I hate to use this term um, because it's kind of been um, subsumed a little bit by social media. But um, an influencer, right? That's the yeah. key for me, right? Yeah. Uh, because the the influencer doesn't have to be a celebrity in the way that we think of celebrities. The influencer could be a community organizer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. You know that it's it's someone who has a stage that's bigger than your own. That's yeah. the idea, right? So if you can get someone who has a stage that's bigger than your own to rep your thing, then you know it could be much bigger than you could ever have imagined. So yeah, if you can get an influencer, yeah. someone who's willing to, to put their, their reputation kind of on the line uh, for what you're creating, then yeah, go for it. That's, that's the hack. Yeah. You make a cop movie, get Danny Glover to talk about it. There you go. Like literally spend all your marketing spend early to just be hassling and DMing Danny Glover. And then, you know, or, or Mel Gibson or, you know, whoever else oh, would be and I known got, in I got the cop world. And you, like, you get you get Danny Glover to say, I'm not watching this guy's this guy's cop movie. Why? Because I'm getting too old for this shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Something like that. Something kitschy, something quick, something dirty. Yeah. And and something that just brings a quick smile. Because there exactly. are a lot of things on the internet that bring uh, us a lot of drama. But the reason we keep opening those apps uh, is because of the dopamine hit of being shown something creative and funny that brings us a quick smile. Yeah. They added uh, TikTok to Tesla's in this last update. So I'm sitting in a line today and I decided to go ahead and give it a shot. And the first six videos were like Asians dancing poorly. And then like the seventh video was some girl with a big old ass uh, doing like the Tootsie Roll. And I just like swipe past all of them, like so bored with that. Like that happens every day. And then finally I get on this Daffy or Donald Duck one where Donald Duck is rapping. And I was like, okay, total <laughs> waste of time. But yep. that one made me smile. Yeah, That one was worthwhile. I watched the whole thing. I laughed on a snowy day. Uh, it, oh. sounds like, it sounds like a novel. It does. Yeah, a laugh on a snowy day. And that's what happened. And so, you know, I'll, I'll endure the bullshit videos I saw before to enjoy that one video there that gives me a smile. So filmmakers, if you're out there, that's one growth hack we just shared with you. That one's free of charge. Go do that. See what happens. See what happens when a tastemaker vouches for your thing or a variety of tastemakers vouch for your thing and see if that can coincide with another marketing strategy that will make your film noticeable watchable, be of interest to, to viewers. Um, Nick, do you have anything else for, I think we did it. I think we did the thing. We did the thing, man. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I have to say that um, I'm, I'm proud of us. I'm we, proud yeah, of us. Relatively they, yeah, we're, we're, we're you know, ex exactly. I was like, I, I know I threw one out there that, that was just, it just came out of nowhere. <laughs> um, but yes, we did it. So I'm like, this is good. Let's do it. Let's cut it before it just becomes a crazy cough fest. And then we're just apologizing left and right. But yeah, it was, it's just good to be back, man. On this, um, you know, kind of post Omicron, you know, walking into the new year with antibodies and, you know, just back here with you, man, doing what we love doing and having a good time and, and building this community that we have here you know, friend by friend by friend through our conversations, you know, through the podcast, through, you know, all the festivals that we attended last year, the new ones that we'll attend this year. It's just a great experience, you know, hanging out with these folks in the indie film community. So I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. I'm happy to be a part of this, you know, as I put out there on the socials, you know, dude, I'm grateful for you, you know, grateful for this partnership that we got going on here and grateful for, you know, uh, a 2022 that I know is going to be awesome. Totally agree. Love you so much. I yeah, have this too, secret ambition that me and you will be like the co-founders of Waffle House, where we both lived in 99 and like die one day after each other. There Isn't you that go. so sweet? Isn't yeah. that sweet? <laughs> yeah. And, or, like, or like Ben and Jerry. Like they're still yeah. doing it. You know, yeah, so they're still, still making it, it still, happen. And, and still raising <laughs> hell too. Good for Ben yeah, and Jerry. Exactly. And, and yeah, I, I love that. So here we are together another year and we do owe a massive, massive thank you to everyone that was a part of our thought leadership journey in 2021 on the Make It podcast. Every single guest was amazing. 
Those conversations are evergreen and we will talk about them a little bit on another indie talk coming up. But to me, this was my favorite year being the host and facilitator of these amazing conversations with these creatives that are otherworldly. And we'll have more of those in 2022, but 2021 will always have a special place in my heart because of those guests that, that really made the podcast so just elevated it to a new place. So with that, Nick, um, one more, we got to give a a lot of love to the folks that also help us make those conversations happen uh, behind the scenes. Right. You You know, yeah, they're behind the scenes, but I I know you want to give yourself a pat on the back. No, 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 no. (laughs) This this is, we, we gotta give the shout outs to our folks, you know, Elise, you know, all our love, Jason, all our love, Papa Bear, all our love, you know, and I think that there's going to be some more collaborators with us in the new year. And I am super excited about that too, because it's a growing team of people who have kind of signed on to this journey as well, right? Who see the value in what we're doing, who are supportive, who are champions of this effort. And, you know, we, we just, I, I can't say, we, we, we can't do it without them. We don't want to do it without them. We are blessed to have them as, as part of this. It's, it's more than we just can't do it. It's we want to do it with you folks. And it's, it's awesome. It's been a yeah. blessing in 2021. It's going to be a blessing in 2022. That's right. Papa Bear, Elise, Jay, we love you. Thank you so much. And uh, we love you listeners out there as well. And if you love us back, or even if you don't, you can reach out to us and let us know that at contact at bonsai.film. That's an email address. Contact at bonsai.film. <laughs> a great place to reach out to us. Uh, you can also find us on social media at underscore bonsai creative. That's on Instagram and on Twitter. If you want to reach out to us on Facebook, we're there too. Just search for bonsai creative enterprises or bonsai creative and we'll, we will come right up. Again, as we've mentioned uh, a few times already this year, we're going to be expanding that to TikTok and YouTube. So look out for that. If you want to reach out to Nick directly, Nick at bonsai.film, he would love your comments, uh, queries, questions, concerns, et cetera. That's N-I-C-K at bonsai.film. And if you want to reach out to me, I love getting uh, feedback at Twitter or on Twitter. And I am flame in your heart. Or you can just search for Christopher Barkley and I will pop right up. Last but not least, wherever you've been listening, uh, Spotify, I've noticed has really been blowing up recently, but Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening, do your best to rate us five stars. It just takes a second. It means a lot to us. It helps people find us and helps this podcast grow and sustain. And if you want to leave some words uh, of encouragement as well, we'd we'd certainly appreciate that. Last but not least, if you go to bonsai.film forward slash true fans, that's bonsai.film forward slash true fans, you can contribute to this podcast effort and contributions start as low as $5. Five dollars. You can't even get a dirty chai for that. You can't, not at Starbucks. You can't get a dirty chai for that. Yeah, so for the cost of a dirty chai, you can support the continuation of this podcast and this thought leadership and podcast effort. So please do that. Bonsai, 
dot film forward slash true fans. And we would certainly appreciate it. And uh, there's good stuff that comes with that as well. Little member benefits on the way in 2022 for sure. And uh, I think that's it. Uh, we don't you got we, it, man. We have a little newsletter, uh, but we'll, I'll figure out a way to promote that better on this uh, on the next time. But if you go to our website, bonsai.film, you'll find a way to be part of the creative community just by dropping your email in there. So, Nick, with that, please give us the first credo of 2022. Oh, man. <clears throat> Make sure I don't cough through this, you know? Mm-hmm. So, my folks, be better, be creative, be engaged. And thank you for listening. Nick, talk to you soon. Yes, sir. We'll do it again. All right, brother. Be good. All right, man. Yep. Take it easy. You too. Get some sleep. Yes, sir. (laughs) All right. Peace. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. To find out more information about this week's topics, including links to relevant blog posts, projects, and indie creatives, please visit our website at www.banzai.film. If you haven't already, you can join our podcast community on Apple Podcasts, or the podcast app of your choice by searching for Make It Bonsai Creative and the show will pop right up. You now have the opportunity to support the production of this podcast. If you love Make It and are a true fan of what we're trying to accomplish in the indie film community, please visit www.bonsai.film and click Contribute. Contributions start at only $5 monthly. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Bonsai Creative and on Facebook by searching for Bonsai Creative. You can provide feedback to us via email at contact at bonsai.film and you can follow me, Chris, on Twitter at Flaming Your Heart. That's F-L-A-M-E-I-N-U-R-H-E-A-R-T. And of course, if you're looking to take a big step towards your filmmaking success, Go to www.bonsai.film and click on services to explore a variety of offerings from keynotes and panels to pitch readiness assessments and so much more. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative, be engaged, and thank you for listening.